Good morning. Welcome. I'm glad that you've all joined us. Uh, like Doug said, my name is Randy Scolden, and I'm on staff here at Orchard. And I'm really excited uh, to be with you and to be wrapping up our summer series. Uh, but that kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit sad because does that mean that summer's coming to an end? Um, I asked some young people this morning if they were ready to go back to school, and every single one of you said, no, it was a resounding no. Every parent I asked, they're like, yeah, we were ready weeks ago. So I don't know. See, yeah, you are. It's okay. Um, but this series, I don't know about you, but this has been actually a powerful, impactful, and a surprising series for me. Um, I mean, I'm trying to still wrap my head around the fact that Jesus asked 339 questions throughout the Gospels. And as I've wrestled with this, I keep asking this question, why? Why would he do that? Why would he ask so many questions to which he already knew the answer? And as I'm processing that, I think it's kind of like me as a parent. Uh, and I think some of you might be able to relate to this. Um, I used to do this when my now adult children were in the throes of their teenage years. I used to start conversations like this. I'm about to ask you a question to which I already know the answer. Do you understand? So why would I do that? In our situation, it's because I was looking for what? The truth. I already knew the answer, but I was giving them an opportunity to really think and to reflect on how they wanted to answer the question. I was trying to guide them to where I obviously knew they needed to go. And so I think the same must have been true for Jesus in the questions he asked. He asked them to help guide us to help guide us in the direction that he knows is best for us. Jesus already knows our hearts, our wants, our needs, our desires. He already knows the outcome. But he wants us to have some introspection, some reflection, and some insights into the desires of our own heart. And he wants us to pursue a life that leads us to him. And so my hope is that this series maybe has done some of that for you. But I'm going to start this morning, not with a question that Jesus asked, but one that I'm just curious about, and a question I think will get us started and help us get where I want us to finish this morning. But that question is, why are you here? Not necessarily here on earth, but why are you here in this room or watching us online? Is it the amazing worship? I mean, this is always a hard act to follow whenever I step up on this stage. So that's okay. I mean, if that's your, your pathway, it's okay. Are you already a Jesus follower and you're just here because you want to grow deeper in your relationship with him? Young people, are you here because your parents made you come? That's okay. That's legit. I see a nod over here. Are you here because you have so many questions that you don't even know what to do with all of them? Are you new to faith? Are you new to church? And you're still doubting if you even believe all this Jesus stuff. And so here's what I want you to know. No matter the reason you're here this morning, especially if you're new and you have questions and doubts and fears and all the things, welcome. This is exactly the place to be for all of us 
to ask questions, even the hard questions that Jesus asked. So thank you. Thank you for showing up right where you are because Jesus meets us right here, right where we are. And so as you're thinking about that question, this is going to lead into the question, the question Jesus asked. And this is one uh, that I've been sitting in for quite some time, and that question is, what are you seeking? What are you seeking in your marriage, in your family, at work, in your relationships, from this church? And ultimately, what are you seeking from Jesus? And so just imagine for a moment, and this is going to be hard for some of us, but just imagine that you are in the physical presence of Jesus. And you don't know him. You've not spent any time with him. You might have heard about him. You may have heard a lot about him. But you've decided to follow him. And all of a sudden, he stops dead in his tracks, and he pauses, and he turns, and he asks, what are you seeking? How would you answer that question? So this is the question. Like I said, we're going to spend some time in this morning. And no matter where you are in your faith journey, what are you seeking? What are you currently seeking in your daily life? What are you seeking from Jesus? And are they aligned? What you seek ultimately affects what you're willing to believe. So what is it that you're seeking this morning? As you sit here today, thinking about your current faith journey, what is it that you want? I mean, it is kind of the reason we're here today, right? It's kind of the reason we show up week over week. Are you seeking hope? Hope that things can be better, you can be better, the world can be, can be better? I mean, aren't we all? Are you hoping that you get that early access code to snag some Taylor Swift tickets? I see your social media, I know, it's okay. Are you here seeking joy? Joy in knowing and believing that Jesus is who he says he is and believing what he's done for you. Are you here seeking peace? I mean, I honestly, I don't even know what that means, but maybe it's a restful night's sleep, a full night's sleep if you have young people or even teenagers or adults, because that, I don't think that ever goes away. Is it peace in knowing that you're doing enough, that you're doing enough as a mother and a wife, or that you are simply enough? Are you seeking healing? Healing of a marriage, a broken relationship, a cancer diagnosis, healing from the loss of a loved one? Are you seeking love? feeling, knowing, and believing that you are worthy of being loved? Are you seeking community? Are you feeling lonely, isolated, left out, and you just need people? Or are you here just seeking information, like you're just trying to get and gather as much as you can? Or are you seeking transformation? Because you're ready, like you're ready to take that next step, to learn, to stretch, to grow, and be transformed from the inside out. You want to know the living God, not just read about him or hear about him, but to fully know him and to be fully known by him. You see, Jesus asked this question in multiple forms throughout the Bible. And this morning, we're going to spend some time in the Gospel of John. And this is right after Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And we read this. 
The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. Now, this passage, uh, I mean, I've read it before and it seems like it could be super simple to just read and just gloss over it and move on. Uh, But I've spent some time in it, just really actually praying through it and dwelling in it and really just trying to pay attention. And we're going to spend a little time going through it. And the first thing to note in this passage is that John the Baptist, he was a genius. I mean, he was a genius at pointing people to Jesus. He's a great example of pointing people away from ourselves and pointing them to Christ. Even though John had a great following, the end goal was always Jesus, the Messiah. And as he says here, the Lamb of God. It was never, never for his own personal gain. Even using that title, the Lamb of God, that told people that Jesus was here to take away their sins through the ultimate sacrifice. And that was something John couldn't do. He could only baptize with water. In fact, this title is so significant, the disciples just turn and they follow Jesus. And I don't even know what to say about that. Because I don't know if there's anything somebody could just give me a tiny little phrase and I'm just going to whoop, go and do that. I mean, it's going to take a whole lot more convincing for most of us, right? And then here it is, my friends. Jesus turns and he asks the question, what are you seeking? And Jesus asked this question to engage the disciples. Ultimately, he's asking them to reveal the desires of their heart. I mean, he cuts right to the chase with those being his first words he says to them. Why? Why do you think that is? And then interesting enough, which I find a little shocking personally, John and Andrew approach Jesus cautiously and with deep respect, of course, by referring to him as rabbi or teacher. And then rather than answering his question, which I would be inclined to do, they asked where he was staying. And they do this because they didn't think in that moment that Jesus was going to have time for them. But they asked a question to hopefully spend time with him later. And then here's where Jesus does something surprising. Not only does he ask them a poignant question, but he instantly makes time for them. Instead of being too busy, he makes time for them right now. And not just a little bit of time. As John says, Jesus spent the entire day with them. Don't miss this. One important piece of seeking Jesus is that he always has time for us. He always has time for those who authentically and with a pure heart seek him. He made time for two complete strangers. He will always make time for you and for me. No matter where you are in your seeking, he will make time. So as I've been sitting uh, in this question uh, for weeks, months, uh, really, I have to be honest. I've asked myself this question so many times. What am I seeking? 
And then, you know, last week I listened to this amazing podcast and uh, the uh, super cool Albert Tate, he actually gave me, it actually helped me break this down a little bit further because the question, what am I seeking, seems a little like out there. But he actually broke it down in three different ways for me. My longing, my reaching, and then alignment. What I really need to be asking myself is what am I longing for? What is the deepest desire of my heart? It's a deeper, more eternal longing that only comes from God. What am I seeking from Jesus? What am I longing for? And then the other part is, uh, what am I seeking in my everyday life? Or what am I reaching for? And what I'm reaching for are usually the shallow and maybe some toxic things that I'm reaching for to settle my heart while I'm trying to figure out the deeper things that I'm longing for. And then more importantly, is what I'm longing for and what I'm reaching for, are these aligned? Is what I want out of life my reaching, the same as what I want in a relationship with Jesus, my longing. And quite honestly, some days I'm like, I have no idea. And here's the thing, one requires me to sit and wait on the sovereignty of God. And the other only requires me to wait on me. For these longing and reaching to be aligned, I have to spend time with him, engage and dwell in his word, and sit with him in prayer, because he will always make time for me. So from a practical perspective, uh, this is how I've seen this recently play out in my life. Uh, In some days, like I said, I have to admit, I feel lost, I hear silence, I feel alone, I feel abandoned. I know that I can doubt and I can ask questions, but sometimes, I start crossing that line. I start setting my own agenda, asking Jesus to follow me and to support my wants and my needs and my desires. But like I said, if we seek him authentically, he will work with me through this. I mean, after all, he asked the question, what are you seeking? Part of him seeking authentically is to reflect on my answer to that question, consider my motives, my why, and the desires of my heart. At times, they definitely do not align with his desires for me. I'm not seeking his best for me. And so here's my most recent struggle. Uh, What I've been reaching for is control. I want to control things that I have no control over that I'm not meant to control, and really, I shouldn't control. I do not get to control all the things. And my desire or my reach to control is literally sucking the life right out of me. And the thing is, I'm fully aware of it. I don't get to control how my kids respond emotionally to all the things. I don't get to control how my adult kids live their lives. I don't get to control all the things here at work. Like, I don't get to control how you parent your kids. I mean, I want to sometimes, but that's not my job, right? And you want to talk about control. One of my big things recently, um, wow, is teaching a teenager how to drive a car. 
Like you talk about surrender and sacrifice, like that's a literal sacrifice of my physical being uh, is teaching this kid. He's a really great driver, by the way, and it had nothing to do with me, but I think many of you might be able to relate to this. Grandparents, you don't get to control how your kids raise their kids. Wives, we don't get to control all the things about our husbands, right? I mean, how's that going? I've tried. Like, honestly, I have tried to get this man to fold the towels the right way, aka my way. It ain't happening. And my husband, uh, same, or husband, same for you. Ask my husband. Uh, he's tried for years, years, because he wants me to be a better driver. And I'm just not. I mean, I'm aggressive, I'm impatient, I'm distracted. I am not a great driver. But you see, he tasked me with teaching the kid. Bad idea. Uh, but here's the thing. I've actually denied it until today that uh, I'm a bad driver. And I think he's probably wishing we had it on a slide so then he can take a picture and print it and post it at home. Anyway, uh, so what do we do about it? I had to examine my motives. Uh, and just last week, um, I sat in a meeting, or a couple weeks ago, and I had to actually talk about my self-confessed weakness, control. And that's when it hit me. Why? Why do I do it? And here's why. I seek or reach for control because I spent so much of my childhood and my early adult years in what felt like chaos. A life in which I felt like I had little to no control over anything or my surroundings. So I have this natural bent tendency to try to control everything and anything I can. And this has been a journey for me. Ever since I've been here at Orchard, it's been a journey. And I'm currently in this transition phase at work. And I've started to see it. I've started to see this natural bend towards control starting to bubble up. And in my mind, this bend towards control, it offers me a layer of protection. A layer of protection by promising to keep me from being hurt or neglected again. But Jesus wants me to trust him, to protect and provide for me. He wants me to trust him for my safety and my security. And rather than leaning in and trusting Jesus with this path he has me on, I'm seeking control. And no one wins when what I'm seeking does not align with what Jesus has in store for me. In fact, my own desires will only hold me captive to what Jesus really wants. Jesus wants me to trust him to protect and to provide rather than take control to myself. And how do I do that? By seeking him instead of seeking control. Sounds easy, uh, but the deal is, is it's ultimately not control that I want. I desire, I long for this protection and provision that he provides, safety, security. And Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 actually speaks to this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Is what you are seeking and your motives, your why for doing so, holding you captive? Are they actually keeping you from a relationship with him? 
I mean, after all, this is why Jesus asked the question, what are you seeking? He wants us to examine ourselves. He wants us to come to him in prayer, express the desires of our heart, and he will listen. He will always have time to listen. I mean, he says it in Jeremiah, you will call on me, come to me, pray to me, and I will listen. You will seek me, you will find me when you seek with all your heart. So you see, when you seek with all your heart, he wants to show you a new beginning, a new purpose, to transform you into a new person. Jesus wants you to seek him and seek him in confidence in prayer. And this is not a one-way street, friends. The Messiah, the Lamb of God, came to seek us, to save us, to have a relationship with us. You see, the disciples didn't answer him right away with things because they were seeking him and he was seeking them. He is seeking you. The book of Luke tells us this, that Jesus came to seek the lost. And newsflash, that's you and that's me. The Lamb of God, he came, he dwelled among us as man, he sacrificed himself for us. And the end result is always Jesus. And John the Baptist knew that. He pointed people to Jesus. His motives were never for personal gain or personal attention. They were never for a personal following, his personal agenda, or building his personal brand. He pointed his disciples to Jesus. And you know, a month or so ago, I had the privilege, and I do say privilege, of attending a celebration of life of someone that I've known ever since I moved to the Cedar Valley. Uh, And Jenny was a wife, she was a mom, she was a grandma, she was a sister, a daughter, a friend, and a Christ follower. And she was a constant in so many people's lives, including my sons who grew up with her boys. And darn, those boys got in a whole lot of trouble growing up. And Jenny just loved them through all of it, especially when I just didn't even know how to respond in love. She was one of their biggest cheerleaders, not just in life, but more importantly in faith. And I was reminded at that celebration of life how well Jenny did all of this, seeking Jesus and mostly knowing what she was seeking and why. She was always seeking a deep, deep relationship with Jesus. And her why, it was because she wanted everyone to know him. She used every moment, every opportunity to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to share about him with anyone and everyone that would listen. And I myself was actually on the receiving end of this so many times. And she, like John the Baptist, she was brilliant brilliant at pointing people to him. The deepest desires of her heart and her motives fully aligned, her longing and her reaching fully aligned with Jesus's plan for her. Even in death, the planning of her celebration of life was for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to point people to Jesus. And I left that celebration thinking, and I spoke the words, I want to be fearless like Jenny. Fearless in seeking a relationship with Jesus. Fearless in sharing about and pointing people to Jesus. And fearless in loving others so they too will seek him. I actually texted a friend and I said, I want to be like Jenny when I grow up. Boldly and fearlessly seeking him. 
And I gotta tell you, man, I'm not there yet. In fact, I'm a long way off. And it's okay if you are too. So let's do this, let's do this together. And how do we go on this journey to live a life that points people to Jesus? And I think the only way to do it is to examine our hearts and answer the question Jesus asked. What are you seeking? And maybe you need to do it like me. Maybe you need to do it and, you know, chunk it out and ask the question, what are you longing for? What's that deeper, eternal longing that you have that only comes from God, the deepest, truest desire of your heart? And what are you reaching for? Daily in your life, what is that thing you're just reaching for, that shallow thing that you're settling? You're actually settling maybe with something that's toxic that's just settling your heart until you figure out that deeper longing. And then how, how do we get these aligned? And practically speaking for me, um, this, to get these things aligned, it's actually getting out of rows and getting in circles. I need people. I need to be in community with people, spending time with them where I can actually talk about this stuff. So I encourage you today, get out of rows, get in circles, get with people and have some authentic conversations about this. Because here's the thing, what you're longing for, what you're seeking from Jesus is not that far off. If you're willing to take the risk and make the sacrifice to make your reach just a little bit further. Okay, we're going to move now into a time of communion. And then I'm going to pray before they pass the elements. And um, this is a time for us to reflect and uh, to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, it says this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, in agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So as you receive these elements, Jesus invites us to do the same. Remember him. Reflect on how the Lamb of God came to seek you, to have a relationship with you, to save the lost. And he paid the ultimate price through his perfect sacrifice. Okay, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your son, that you sent him to dwell among us. Thank you for the hard questions that he asked. And Lord, I pray as um, we participate in communion and receive these elements this morning, that we remember that, that he came to seek us. He came to know us and to have a relationship and that we should be doing the same and to really reflect on what it is that we long for, what it is that we seek in a relationship with him. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, you will bless this time as uh, we move through communion. In your son's name, amen.